welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We appreciate you joining uh, for this episode where we'll be talking about Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. But before we get, dig into that, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we do want to remind you that we are sponsored by ProgressiveChristianity.org, a fantastic, if not perfect, place for all of your progressive Christian resource needs. Encourage you to check that out. And always, we encourage you to check us out on our Facebook page, as well as all the great spots where you get your podcasts. Make sure that you're signed up to download them. Uh, and we always have to say, and this is very important, this isn't a slight spoiler zone. This is a full-on spoiler zone. We will wreck as many things for you as we possibly can. So make sure that you have uh, been watching or you don't mind spoilers before you tune in. If you uh, do mind spoilers, just bookmark us here, come back, watch it a little bit later. More importantly, welcome my co-host, Caleb. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing fantastic, Mark. I love Star Trek, and I am oh, ready yeah. to talk about Strange New Worlds. Me too. Well, before we do, let's make sure we got a couple of decent beverages to do so with, as we always have a themed beverage. So curious what you decided to go with. I decided to go with an Orion Hurricane. Oh, very nice. Orion yeah, so this is plays a little bit of an important role here. It is, yes, and it oh. plays an important role in the crossover episode, one of my Absolutely. favorite episodes of the season. Yeah. And so yeah. in that episode, Mariner from Lower yeah. Decks, who's crossing mm -hmm. over to Stranger Worlds, is making uh, these Orion Hurricanes, but she doesn't have the appropriate Orion alcohol, so she just kind of had to improvise. Since I also didn't have the appropriate <laughs> Orion alcohol, yes. I yes. decided yes. to improvise as well. So it's yeah. very green. And yeah. so uh, here's here's what I made, Mark. Okay. I used because we're still in summer, right? Still yeah. hot outside. I used mm. popsicles, green popsicles, okay. and I put vanilla vodka in it. And so Ooh, this is good. my version of an Orion Hurricane. Uh -huh. It's a very summery drink. Popsicles Love it. and vodka. Love it. What's what interesting? Drinking? It's interesting that you picked the old scientist crossover episode, mm -hmm. and that you picked a drink from Mariner. Because I did the same thing, not the same uh, drink though. In okay, lower yeah. decks, in lower decks, where Mariner Cross uh -huh. is over, one of her favorite drinks and one that she went to great extents at one point to get a hold of was Romulan whiskey. And uh -huh. so I have a glass also in in my uh, Star Trek Romulan whiskey. Frankly, Romulan whiskey, at least in terms of what you can find online, is essentially a whiskey sour. And instead of sour, instead of a uh, uh, simple syrup, you use um, blue carousel. So that's what I'm having. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers, Here Mark. is to another great, fun episode. And uh, we'll catch the rest of you on the other side of this drop. And welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where today we we're talking about Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. So we're going to geek mm. out for a little bit. And if you hang on, we're going to get into the theology and politics of Star Trek, which if you're a Trekkie, you know there's all kinds of theology yeah. and politics in this. Mm. Okay, so if you're not familiar, by some chance, with Star Trek <laughs> Strange New World Here's what it is. It is a spinoff from Star Trek Discovery that follows Captain Christopher Pike and the crew of the Starship Enterprise in the 23rd century as they explore strange new worlds and carry out missions throughout the galaxy during the decade before Star Trek, the original series. So last week, I made a very bold claim about this. Yes. I said that Star Trek Strange New Worlds is the best Trek ever. So, Mark, my first question is, can you tell me all the reasons why I'm right, as usual, <laughs> about this claim? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, was I too bold in this? Do you agree? Uh, how do you think Star Trek Strange New Worlds relates? I think when you put it within the, the, the era which it appeared, that yes, it 
and the next generation are the best Star Treks that have existed. Next generation really gave Star Trek the energy and the forward movement that we have now. It wasn't until yeah. it, and they had a great cast. They were episodic frequently, much like this. Um, great writing, dealing with real hard topics uh, that, that the world was struggling with. So I, 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 there's part of me really wants to completely agree that it is the best ever. But I think if, if I'm sitting down for a purely evaluative kind of, there's other ones that are very, very good. Mm-hmm. But I think the next generation and Strange New Worlds by far are, I think for folks like us who enjoy science fiction, who really like good storytelling and who appreciate people who grapple in real ways with theology and politics and who we are supposed to be towards each other. Yeah. I think these are easily the best easily. Yeah, I agree. And I'm a hard convert. I am a huge yeah. next generation fan. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up kind of watching that. That's the, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. watched the series over and over again. I, I yep. love that, but Same. I, I, I really have have so enjoyed this. Maybe it's because it's been a long time since we've had really good Trek. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, I mean, Discovery's pretty good. It's a little more. It's a little more. It's a more. A little more action oriented. It's my only problem with it. Yeah, it it didn't resonate with me. I mean, I watched right. all of Discovery. It didn't resonate right. with me the same way because I think they missed fundamentally what Star Trek is supposed to be about. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to be about like a hopeful vision of the future mm-hmm. and uh, and what humanity can do when right. it is at its best. And I think a lot of the newer Trek didn't understand that yeah. element of Star Trek. I, uh, I think, I think Star Trek, I think Star Trek Picard is the perfect example. The first mm-hmm. two seasons of it seem to stray away from what really matters in Star Trek and yeah. their ratings fell because of it. And season three, they came back around Admit. Some of it was just giving fans what they wanted by bringing the gang back together. But the storytelling improved and moved more towards what we really care about and what really made makes Star Trek Star Trek. And and so I think that's a a great show to see the difference between what a lot of it has been, which has been season one and two of it, and then what it should be, which is season three and Next Generation and Strange New Worlds, at least for the first two seasons. Yeah, and I think one thing that really has stood out for me about Strange New Worlds is, Mm. one, that they can tackle heavy issues and make a commentary and, you know, do what science fiction is designed to do, which is to be in a different time and place, but speak to realities that we're experiencing now, which is one of the great things about Star Trek. But they're not afraid to poke fun to poke fun at the at the canon and to poke fun at uh, you know uh, at Star Trek generally and not take it too seriously, which is Mm -hmm. something that was a a lot of fun this season. Oh yeah, they they I think it's the perfect balance. They take themselves seriously, but they also poke poke fun at themselves. Uh, They're willing to take big swings, which. It's unusual in Hollywood in general right now. Trying to play it safe tends to be the thing. This writing staff seems so confident in what they're doing, the story they're telling, and that the crew that they that they have and how they can pull it off that they're willing to take big swings that could could be horrible. Yeah, it pays off so well over and over again. Uh, It's just. It's this is good television, man. This is good. it's good television. It's compelling. Yeah. It's entertaining. And let's talk about those big swings, right? Yeah. Because there were some big uh, swings this season. A couple of really and, big ones, right, right? Yeah. So there were two standout episodes, oh, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Absolutely. The, the crossover episode and yeah. the the musical Subspace yep. Rhapsody. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. How did? How did you feel? They they took a big swing. Did they hit yeah. a home run, or did they, or was it a swing and a miss? What do you think? Uh, so when they announced both of them, yep my my initial reaction was concerned, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I was like, how how do you take a series that is completely animated? And integrate it, and all about the jokes yep. and poking fun at everything right, that it is. Right. 
Like it's mostly poking fun at itself all the time. It, it is. Yes. How do you take that and pull it into a show that pokes some fun of itself, but also is very serious, deals with very difficult issues and, and does it in, in deep dialogue. And and speaking of dialogue, like Laura Dex is all loud and quick and blah, 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 blah. And something they make world, reference to. And Strange New World is so like, yeah. kind of like, even kill and 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 like moving dialogue and and really engaging. Have you noticed sure. how softly everyone speaks? I know Quietly. that's the funniest. That was a great line. That was a great line. And so I was really worried about, but not as much as I was about the musical, which we'll get to. Yeah, I thought yeah. the crossover. One of my favorite episodes of any Star Trek ever. Like, yeah, I, amazing. I can't imagine it being more balanced it was unbelievable yeah. how they wove the two together i mean they had yeah. the benefit of the both boimler and, and mariner voice actors happen to look a lot like their actual oh, characters they right yep lucky. that made a big we, difference that yes. helped a lot but yeah e even the actor who played boimler uh i can't even think of his name jack right now. quaid yeah jack quaid yeah. the way he literally embodied like the he walking, ran, the funny he, speed he did walking. That, that weird Boimler. speed yeah. walk, right? It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Mariner had that like mischievous smile on her face yeah, the yeah. entire time. Like it was it kind was of perfect. It was great. Yeah. And perfect. they there was this weird balance between the self-deprecating, poking fun at of Laura Dex and the very yeah. serious. What are we do? What's going on here? And how do uh -huh. we handle it? Along with which is going to be one of my things that I want us to talk about in the next. Uh, segment along yeah. with a very important theme running through the whole thing that they have to grapple with and tr try to come to. I, I, I loved it. Yeah, the musical. I yeah. was more concerned about it, and I am a yeah. guy who loves musicals. Me first too. Play, love first play. The first play I was ever in was a musical. Like yeah. I am. I love musicals. I was. Very Are you a singer? I, I like to try. <laughs> Oh. How about you? How about you? I, no, I'm a terrible singer. I don't, I'm, sung, I'm, I'm someone who who sings, and yeah. everyone's like, "Please stop! Don't do that anymore." I, <laughs> I play. I play a little guitar. I've sung in church. I play a little oh. ukulele. I've used. I've had sermons that I'd sung in and out of the sermon. So I do a little bit. So I was. I, I wanted it okay. to be good, but I was very concerned yeah. that there was any way yeah. it could be good. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. My first watch through. I wasn't as thrilled about it as I hoped I would be. Yeah. Um, I thought the, the first run through, I wasn't as impressed with the songs as I thought. I was very impressed with how they navigated which characters might not be the best uh -huh. singers, but they gave yeah. them just the right things to do. I loved yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Mabinga, Mabinga said, uh, I sang it. I don't, I don't sing. I don't sing. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> sing. Uh, because I think that might probably be the actual case with the actor. Uh, and yeah. I love that uh, Spock, Ethan Pecks, they gave yeah. him kind of like spoken word singing, kind of, yeah. which whether the actor or not sings, it'd be, it's, that's perfect for Spock. It was, it was perfect Spock, yeah. And it was perfect, perfect to start out with Spock, him being yeah. the first one to of sing, you know? And when, yeah. he, and when he sings, he's also, I think every time he sings and is the primary singer, he is in the engine room, which is great. So it's sort of, because I mean, the whole story is we're singing because we're exposing emotions. It's kind of cool right. that the when he did do it, he was still in kind of a safe, non-emotional mm -hmm. space mm -hmm. doing it. Yep. Kind of like yep. the calls there. The second time watching it through, yeah, I completely changed my mind. I realized yeah. how brilliantly it was written and how well yeah. they kind of poked fun at themselves for the fact that they were singing and yeah. that there really was a theme running through each style of song that they were doing that became very yeah. important, which is another thing I'd like for us to talk about in the next segment, um, yeah. that that was really there and consistent. And they really pulled it off. I, I, I know that that's one of the most controversial uh, episodes, but I, I, was, I ended up being a fan of it for sure. How about you? What, out of the two, what were your thoughts? Okay, so yeah, I love Lower Decks too. I thought it was a mm -hmm. great crossover. I thought they did a great blending, yeah. and uh, Jack Quaid in particular, kudos to him for embodying Boimler. But uh, but but too the the actress who plays Mariner, uh, great, just a Still wonderful episode. I loved it. I love the way 
that uh, they they also integrated animation and live action. I thought they did right. that in a brilliant way, oh. starting and ending mm. with with animation so and and getting to see the lower decks or the Strange New Worlds characters so as you know, animated. animated, and then picking fun of I didn't think my eyes would be so big. Yeah, know. why are my eyes so big? What is this stuff? <laughs> it was great. It was, it was so, so much fun. It was such yeah. a funny episode. So much fun. It was fun. definitely I loved a, it. it was definitely a fan service episode. Yeah. But only to forty percent of the show. The rest of it was a very serious Star Trek Next Generation, uh, Next Generation, Strange New World show. And it was still enjoyable, I think, for folks oh, yeah. who it, who it don't watch it because because I watched it with my dad, who doesn't mm-hmm. watch Lower Decks, and he enjoyed it. He thought it was there fun, and so I, I liked. It. I think that was a great episode. But my favorite was Subspace yeah. Rhapsody. So, like you, I am a huge musical fan and you know this mark that my church every october we do broadway oh, musicals for absolutely. church i, I love, love that y'all do musicals i yeah, love yeah i, I mean I, I love it and so i i was there for it from the very uh, from, i mean i was yeah. waiting for this in anticipation and from the first lines i was there for the show yeah. Yeah. and so i I I thought it i thought it was brilliant um and yeah. i thought my my first lines were Oh, we need a Broadway Star Trek musical. <laughs> this is what we need. This is what my life has been missing. It's like the best no. things in life. Uh, it is musicals agree. and it's Star Trek. <laughs> I, no, I don't I'm know there for it. it. It'll just be me, maybe. I, Mark, th- I, think, I, think, me. I think within this episode it worked because it really was. like it, The way they wrote it was fantastic about the fold in the space in the not space time, but the fold yeah. that was happening in, in the, the subspace network subspace, and all the yeah, subspace yeah, yeah. fold, yeah. And that yeah. they sit in vibrations yeah. and they shot them back and trying to create a new reality wherever that that made a lot of sense. I'm not sure you can pull it off on stage. <laughs> for, I don't know for a I whole mu- for a whole musical. I, I, I don't know. I don't but, know. But I will know, say the other yeah the maybe go ahead because we might be getting ready to talk about the same thing. You go ahead. Well I was just gonna say the the writers of the music. That this wasn't just something that they just threw together either, which is one of the things right. I think made it so good is that they practiced for like six months and they uh-huh. they had the because one of the things that struck me is like everybody can sing, uh, yeah. and that's that's not the case all the time. And so they listened to people's voice, they got in vocal training, and they wrote songs around people's voices. What they could do it, it was. And, and incredible writers, right? Like, uh, so writers from Letters to Cleo, what a band yep. of which I, mm-hmm. I really like, and also um, from uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, right? Yep. A- another wonderful musical on TV that I can't believe yeah. was ever on TV. So, <laughs> so, like, so incredible writers who know how to write things yeah. too that make commentary and weave into the into the plot of the show. Uh, just, I, and, I was amazed by how. And we, we would be remiss if I don't only love musicals. I am a yeah. massive, and I mean massive, acapella fan, all forms. Mm. Yeah, uh, barbershop, all the way up to mm. pentatonics, massive yeah. fan. The opening sequence where they yeah. did the theme song acapella, I was blown away. I was just so like. Holy moly, that was, it was amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I I have a lot of other things that I want to geek out about. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Because, <laughs> because uh, I could geek out for like an hour just on this episode. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, I know we have promised folks that we'll also yeah. talk about theology and politics. And that's one go. of the richnesses of Star Trek is that they have a lot of that. So uh, let's take a quick drop, grab some more to drink, and come back and talk about the theology and politics of Strange New Worlds. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You're joining us for our Theo Politico segment. Um, so, Caleb, I don't know if we're going to have time. I'm going to try to do this. I would like to have a question about the, the opening episode, the concluding episode, and then one from each of what 
it's obviously our two favorite episodes. So I'm going to okay. start with this. I'm going to start with the season opening, and we start the season with the crew of the Enterprise <laughs> stealing their own ship in order yes. to save one of their own. Well, on. Um, mm-hmm. So my question to you is, and we've tackled similar questions. Are there times when we must defy? I'm going. It's actually three questions. I'm going to let you answer them all. At the same time. <laughs> of course, yes, right. and and yeah. I've got to do it efficiently because you've got a lot efficiently, of efficiently. Okay. Are there times when we must defy authority? And if so, how do you balance when it's the right thing to do and when it isn't? And does that hold true for things in the church as well? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, it's not a Star Trek uh, without them in some way stealing the Enterprise. You know, right. that's, right. that's not every crew has to do has it. They have to at least once. steal. Mm-hmm. That's right. They got to steal it. And if they can blow it up while they've stolen it, <laughs> all the better. All the better. Right. So, uh, yeah, of course, there are t- I mean, right, laws are laws, but they're not necessarily just, right? We've got right. all kinds of history of laws that are unjust. Slavery right. is uh, an extreme case in point, right? And so the ethical thing to do is to break the law. And so the, the way that we determine that is whether or not laws are oppressing marginalized groups in particular, yeah. right? And so if they are, if they're exploiting people and oppressing people who uh, don't have the power in society, then the ethical thing to do is to break those laws. And, uh, you know, people uh, running the Underground Railroad is case in point. But there are all kinds of laws like that that are unjust laws. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen, uh, you know, I I think, you know, um, we see unjust laws in cases like gerrymandering or something uh, today. I mean, there are all kinds of laws that are unjust. And so the same. Yes, absolutely. The same is true in the church. Right. That uh, the, the church has all kinds of injustice and in some ways is worse than the state and the ways that it oppresses people. And so, yeah actively breaking the church's rules is one of the things that I get great joys out of my <laughs> life. Uh, you know, it's, it's one Weird. of the things that we've, we got to do is uh, we've, we've got to do that because the church is supposed to be a place that yeah. follows the teachings of Jesus, especially around uh, how we treat marginalized folks, break, yeah. break the rules. I can, I completely agree. I mean, I, particularly when it comes to the theological dogma of the church uh, that's yeah. rooted in, 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 old ways of seeing the world. And I think it's essential that there are those yeah. of us out there that are looking at the ones where it's hurting and marginalized people, leaving people behind, uh, which is essentially what the enterprise broke the rules for. There was one of their own that might yeah. be getting left behind and they were willing to do whatever it took to make sure that they weren't left behind. Uh, uh, the dogma of church theology, because it's being rooted in so many power structures and so many other pieces of of people trying to uh, secure who they are and and define that they're better than other folks. I think we have to break them all the time. And it's very important that we're uh, not timid about it. Uh, you, we don't have to be mean yeah. about it, but always realize that you're standing on the right side. If you're standing on the side of love and the side of yeah. inclusivity and not excluding people, then you're doing the right thing. The right okay. side. Yeah. We're going to move on to the next one. Uh, th- those old scientists, which is the lower deck crossover. I, talk about for a minute about how um, one of the important parts that went on in this was the idea that all Orions who aren't pirates, that there are scientists, there are other folks. So talk about how Star Trek, I'm interested in your perspective on how Star Trek constantly takes on the issue of stereotyping and othering people and tries to present why those are things we shouldn't be doing. So I think this is really interesting. And I think Star Trek has a mis- mixed history on this. So it has mm. always mm. tried to show us that we have more in common than that which divides us. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Gene Roddenberry made a, a particular effort to do that on the original series to show a diversity of humanity at a time mm-hmm. when humanity was very divided. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, for instance, having uh, a Russian uh, on the bridge of the Enterprise mm-hmm. in the midst of the Cold War, having a black woman on the bridge of the Enterprise, right? That was very intentional. Yeah. However, 
Star Trek has also been super guilty of othering people. So uh, the Klingons, I think, are a case in point, yep. right? So yep. the Klingons are portrayed as a violent race who also happen to be dark-skinned people, right? Look at that, and, right? And, and so uh, played often, uh, though not exclusively, is in the early days by white actors in right. kind of the black face. Uh, yeah, and so... Right. And so they're portraying them as these violent people who can't listen to reason, which is also mm -hmm. a stereotype about black people. And so Star mm -hmm. Trek is is guilty of doing this as time goes on. And it, it deconstructs, say, for instance, yeah. the Klingons and say, actually, it's more complicated than that and blah, blah, blah. But I think Star Trek, when it's at its best, is yeah. showing us that through communication, through acts of diplomacy, we can always be trying to understand better. And so in this episode, yeah. Pike does that, right? With Boimler's help, he, he sees the Orions not exclusively as pirates, even though that's the reputation that they have. Absolutely. And he recognizes that maybe it's possible they could be scientists too. And whenever he validates them, then, that we see you as scientists, you can have the credit for this discovery. Mm -hmm. They reply, that's all I've ever wanted. Right. Is to, yeah. is to be seen how, for who I am. How big is that? I mean, in terms of a statement of a all folks line. that get get marginalized, you know, yeah. to, to finally be recognized and no longer marginalized, to be uh, understood as an equal human being and that mm. that there's no nothing about you that that calls for you being separate and looked down upon and that that we we, we all are good. We all are bad. No matter who we are, we got good good parts of, of what we do. We got bad parts, and we all need to learn to be more loving and accepting of each other. Yeah. And I keep getting distracted as I talk because my tongue is blue now. Uh, it's, it's really distracting me. That's so, why it's Mariner's favorite drink. Those she likes the pauses, right? She's like, "Ah, oh, this is cool." Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's one of the things I love the most about Star Trek is that. If, if there is like a central theme, even though mm -hmm. they fall prey to doing it themselves uh, as they're living in different decades where they're not quite as enlightened as the next decade is, and, and that's going to continue on down the road. And we're going to get back to right. that in the last episode, hopefully, before we run out of time for this segment. Um, I love that they're at least consistently trying to talk about that we fail and we mm -hmm. hurt ourselves mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, society when we other folks and buy into stereotypes rather than just being right there with them and, 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 and valuing them for who they are and hearing their stories and, and appreciating it. So yeah. let's move on to subspace, subspace Rhapsody. Um, yes. So ultimately, and this is what I, I somehow I missed it. I, I kind of thought it in the first run through, but my second watching, it's the ult ultimately. This is not what I miss, but they they tell us that it's emotions that get the crew right. singing. That's when they sing, um, and I started realizing how they actually brought this through all of the music. And Laon considers it a security threat that mm -hmm. that people are getting emotional and then singing about their emotions. So I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about the balance yeah. because I feel like this is a lot what was going on in the show. The balance between yep. emotion and logics uh -huh. in our mm -hmm. lives, both at work mm -hmm. and in our relationships, and how that first, how, how we balance that, but also how being emotionally real in our world and society today can actually feel like a personal security risk, and how do we go about trying to navigate that so that we can be as real as possible with each other. Yeah, so I agree. that I think that was at the heart of this episode. And I think the song where we saw that clearest was kind of an upbeat, kind of funny song, but it was between uh, uh, Kirk and uh, number one as she's right. talking about how to be a first officer. And she's talking right. about how she's kept this emotional distance from her crew yeah. and how what she's learned is, no, you that. need to relate to your crew. 
right? Yep. Uh, and mm-hmm. you need to you need to talk to your crew. You need to be a real person with them, yep. and it's building trust. And so that resonated with me uh, immediately because uh, because Kirk said. Uh, my brother always described you as the first co- type of officer that I thought that I should be. And I think that that's true, like for clergy in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Because they mm-hmm. they tell you in seminary to like stay distant from your congregation, right. Right. you know. And then the longer you're in ministry, especially the longer you're in ministry at a single place, the more you learn, like, no, these people know me, and I know them, and like we we share things. You got to relate to each other. I am. I am and, always going to care about these people, and it's absurd. I'm always going to care. You, yeah, it's absurd that you would teach me that that yeah. I should keep an emotional distance from people. Where what we're talking about is it's how to be vulnerable, how to be that's community, like, and care about other people. Yeah. Like, and that's exactly what they're talking about there for the for the ship to run efficiently, yeah. just like for the church to run efficiently. It is yeah. it is relationship building and mutual vulnerability that actually builds relationships. And I think yeah. that's right. And so I think that 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 is a lot of what Star Trek is about. Generally, is that like what what degree of yeah of logic versus versus emotional vulnerability? I, However, to your, go ahead. I was just going to say to the second part of your question about being vulnerable and the risks that it entails, that that's also true, right? And especially if you're, I think your obligation to be vulnerable varies depending on your status in society, right? And so I kind of feel like people like you and me have more of an obligation to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and to be corrected and Mm -hmm. to be informed than people who are already marginalized because they have inherent risk just by being who they are whenever they allow themselves to talk in a public space about certain elements of their identity. Say you're trans, for instance, that like talking about that puts you in danger in a way that we're we're not in danger in the same way. And I think that speaks to uh, the importance of creating safe spaces where people can speak to it and not feel threatened and not feel like, and that's what a church should be over and over again. If your yeah. church is not a safe space, if it's a church where you're attending, and I, I don't care who you are right now, yeah. listen to me clearly. If your church mm-hmm. is a place where you don't feel safe, one, talking about who you are very clearly, and two, asking a lot of questions that might confront what's being asked, don't stay there. It is an unhealthy yeah. place. You don't need to stay in that environment. Be in a place where you can be accepted. Okay, I'm going to stretch our segment just a little bit. Good, yes, because we've still got another question at least. <laughs> it's actually two questions ultimately. Of course. Uh, you can give yes. a quick little hit here. Uh, because you were talking about how um, this is the final season finale, mm-hmm. uh, which, by the way, uh, I should have been expecting a cliffhanger, but I wasn't. So when it said to I be continued. When it said to be continued, I, I looked at my wife and I thought, I said, I thought this was a season finale. And then it hit me. Oh, this is the season finale. We got to wait another year. Like, it took, yeah, me a, right. took me a beat yeah. to catch it. Uh, but that's what they did the first season. So I should have expected it. Um, two quotes that I would just like to get your reaction to, particularly since you talked yeah. about how they other Klingons. Uh-huh. Uh, now we have the Gorn. Yeah. Very different. And... At one point, Pike is talking to a higher up, and he says, sometimes a monster is just a monster. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? The Gorn don't look like anybody, anything. They are all aggressive. They don't communicate. They All they know is dominate, dominate, dominate. Mm-hmm. There is no chance of discussion. What did right. you think about the fact that sometimes a monster is just a monster? Yeah, uh, so that stood out to me. Uh, Another one that was related to that were monsters is a word to describe those who don't understand us. Um, Which, uh, so like, no, I think that's an issue of othering. However, in this case, like the Gorn are also killing people, right? They're, um, so that's what this episode is all about, is about them you know, conquering and committing violence against people. So uh, on the one hand, you know, you can't uh, make broad statements about people. However, you also can't not name injustice for the sake of 
like not offending or, no. you know, being, uh, you know, open-minded, you know, William Sloan Coffin has this great quote, don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. They right. Fall out. That, <laughs> yeah. That like, if, um, if there's oppression, we have an obligation to name that and to stand up for those people and right. to not just be like, well, let's try and understand where the Gorn in this case are coming from. Well, yeah. no, like you, you got to protect people whose rights are being trampled upon. Absolutely. Yeah. Just war theory also plays into this and all the steps of just war theory. If a person isn't willing to, if a, a group of folks aren't willing to dialogue, aren't willing to exchange, aren't willing to have a relationship, uh, there's not much you can do other than defend the right. innocent. So, right. all right. Last quote from season yes. finale that I want your response on. And I, yeah. I won't say, I'm just going to, here's the quote. I want your response. Okay. Sometimes hope is a choice. Yeah. Um, so that's complicated, right? It because, is, right? Uh, uh, because sometimes it's not. <laughs> I no. mean, you know, depending on what people are, are dealing with in their lives, uh, sometimes you can't hope. I mean, especially like if you're in the state of severe depression or addiction mm -hmm. or something like that, uh, you know, a lot of people desperately want to hope. They desperately want to have hope. They want something Absolutely. to cling on to. Yep. And no matter how much they want that, that doesn't mean that they can have it. And yep. so I think if you're talking generally about, hey, you know, the world day to day stuff. It, yeah, not, not right. Like death, let's not... think about how we perceive things. Then yeah, that's that's probably true. But yeah. if we're talking, you know, this American lie that we have that you can always right. hope in the midst of everything, that's just not true. And uh, I think we've both probably known too many people, Mark, or experienced places like that in our own lives where it's just like that you, you really want to hope, but you can't. You just can't. You got to wade through. It's, it's very simplistic. It, it, it's very simplistic. And in a lot of life is actually true. But when you are in the depths of being massively marginalized by the society that yeah. you sit in, when you are deep in depression, uh, you can't like it, it, it reeks of pull yourselves up by the bootstrap. Just have a better yeah. like. No, that's not that's not real. It is it's not just uh, mean. It also defies what science tells us. I think there, there's yeah. just no reason for. I, I was a little disappointed in that line. I guess is kind of what happened. I was like, yeah, in a simple vision, there are people who are kind of you know eors, where it's like, yeah. Things aren't as bad as you think there are and choose to hope about things that aren't. But there are right. things that no matter how hard you choose, it's too much. And, and we need uh, systems and friend groups and uh, communities that we're part of who can support us and be there with us in all of that. Okay. We've stretched this too far. Okay. Uh, but these were fun and important topics to talk about. Let's take a quick break and come back to our favorite segment. The Make Me Look Stupid segment. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We're entering our final segment, the Make Me Look Stupid segment, which Mark is going to do with a blue tongue, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Mark, though, before we get into this, yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to come up during the Make Me Look Stupid segment or not, but what? I feel like what? we can't get out of this episode without yeah. acknowledging the single best scene in Star Trek history. Which is, of course, the Klingon K-pop scene. Oh my God, that was incredible! I think all hardcore Trek fans were expecting a Klingon opera, right? Opera, yes, yes. Yeah, that's because what you that's, hear about. that's how you like because that's that's strong and it's 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 it's, yeah. it's uh, validating and like, mm, yeah. right, yeah. And yeah. instead they did K-pop. <laughs> 
I was giggling like a little kid the whole time. Oh, I was too. I was too. I had a friend who sent me a, a message who had watched it before me. He's like, don't click on this until you've watched it. But this is the best scene. And, and, I, and throughout the episode, I'm like, well, what scene is he talking about? And then when we got yeah. there, I'm like, oh, it's this scene. This, uh, this has to be the scene. 100%. So, uh, uh, you know, kudos to them for that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right, so we've got to uh, ask each other some questions. Uh, I don't know that this will uh, make you look stupid, Mark. I don't think it That's, will. Uh, but hey, but I we're, we we're didn't on get the same, We're on the same wavelength. I'm not going to make you look stupid. I'm curious about your answer. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Because you easily could, Mark. No, I don't know. <laughs> so here's here's just a question that I had that we didn't get to. Um, okay, and good. it was uh, Carol Kane, who's been an interesting Excuse character throughout so all of this. Um, yeah. She's always interesting, no matter what she's in. I, I hate and, that we I hate that we lost Hammer, but I love that she's the replacement. And, and but we also got Scotty in this in this last episode. That's my question. Stop. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna keep talking because I haven't. Oh no! <laughs> no. No. Okay, it's not about Scotty. Um, right. Carol Kane's uh, character. Uh, starts quoting a guy that she's known from some time in her very yeah. long lifespan. And she says, his quote is, I always pretended to be someone I wanted to be until I finally became that someone or he became me. Maybe. So my question is, Mark, uh, how accurate is that quote about yeah. how we ought to live our lives? Um, or or is yeah. it inaccurate? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, th I it, there, there's a lot of nuance in it. Mm -hmm. I'm so I'm going to answer it from a personal perspective. Oh, okay. The idea of fake it till you make it mm -hmm. has actually been very important to me. Hmm. Uh, there are so many barriers in the world where you think you know who you are. But there's so much that's being put up against you living into that hmm. uh, that can be difficult to navigate and, and can, as we are maturing, be, be hard for you to decide to go over and against what society's expectations are and the way that it affects you and the way it impacts you. I have found that having an understanding of who I believe I am and projecting it into the future and trying to live into that person has played a major role in me being able to be fully who I am and to bracket out some of those societal expectations and society's uh, efforts to, to uh, push you into a box and make you look like everyone else. So I kind of like the quote um, yeah. and I think it's very helpful. There are ways you can position it where it's not helpful and can be hurtful. But for me personally, it, it uh, I, I, I think it's a great way to approach life if you can uh, rationalize it within the context of society. How about you? I, it really resonated with me because I think that's a lot of life. You know, we go through these periods of transition, you know, where our roles change and people perhaps see us in a certain way or, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, or have certain expectations. And I think a, a lot of ministry as, is like this, you know, like mm -hmm. you go through the schooling and you go through some kind of ordination with, depending on what your tradition is. Right. And then people expect all of a sudden for you to have the, have magically changed personality right. and to be somebody different. And we're not right. We're we're right. all human beings who are you know who are who we are with all of our yeah. our, our wonderful qualities and all of the things that uh, aren't so great about us. And so yeah. I think sometimes living in trying to be the highest ideal uh, for ourselves and uh, you know trying to embody that sometimes mm -hmm. we can accidentally become that person uh, mm -hmm. over time through accidentally on it. purpose. Accidentally, on I mean, I kind of feel like that's what Jesus taught us about. Like, yeah, is I agree. You, you all are going to screw up, but try. You know, these are the ideals. Right. Try to right. do it as often as you can. Talk about it and try and live into it. And you might accidentally create a better world while you're exactly. at it. Push so. that ideal into the future and try to live into it. No. I completely agree. 
Okay, here's my question for you. Okay. Again, it's just I'm, a real curiosity, much less. I'm not, not trying to make you look stupid. Um, so we got Scotty in the final episode, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So now we've met, honestly, just about every original series crew member other than McCoy and Sulu. So two-part question. Will we meet McCoy and Sulu next season? Chekhov only showed up in the second season right. of the original series. So will we meet McCoy and Sulu next season? And if so, when do you think the era of Captain Kirk will begin in this series? I think, okay, so I, I was thinking a lot about this because one of the pieces of kind of criticism that the season got is that Kirk was in it a lot and they kind of had to manufacture ways for him to be bring him in yeah, yeah they, uh, they, they they bent canon a couple of times too like they there's did. a point and, yeah there's a point where uh spock and at some point in one of the shows says i i i only met him when he was at uh i don't remember he was at this position and so they yeah. they put him temporarily in that position in this show so that when Spock met him, he actually was, even though it doesn't really match up completely with canon. They did that right. a few times. Yeah, and there's this meme with Pike, you know, uh, Pike and Kirk, and Pike saying, what the hell are you doing on my ship again? You know, like, <laughs> like he's on there a I've lot. I've not seen that, but that sounds great. Uh, that's a good true. one, right? That's I, true. I think, I think that at the end of five years, uh, we're going to see, uh, we're going to see Pike uh, go. I think he's going to have to make the choice to go through the future that he knows that he's going to have, and yeah. he's. And I think Kirk's going to be there, ready to go. And I think it'll be interesting to see if they continue the series on then with Kirk, or yeah. if they if they decide to do something new or just drop it. But I think they, I think they are lining it up so that they can continue this on in a new direction with the understanding mm -hmm. that Pike's not going to be there. Although I think Anson Mount is a large reason why this show works. I, I think he's, uh, they're all very talented actors, he is but amazing. it's his Captain Pike that he's so charismatic and funny and fun and self-deprecating about all of that, that it, it works super well. I think we're going to meet one of them over the course of the next season, probably yeah. towards the end. I don't know which one. But yeah. uh, that's that's my prediction for how the show is going to play out. But by the end of it, we'll have all the original series cast ready to go, and they can continue on if they want to. Yeah. What do you think? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of agree with you. I think it'll happen slightly faster than you do, and I think that it'll continue slightly longer than you. I think next season with um, Nurse Chapel beginning yeah. getting ready to leave, that Bones may be her replacement, that he may be the mm -hmm. understudy of mm -hmm. uh, of Mabinga, uh, uh, um, and we might have him there for a little bit. I think that's who we're going to see. So I think that might be the final in the finale of next season. I think that by that the season four, that we will probably see Sulu, mm -hmm. um, and that by the end of the season, it might be related to the cliffhanger at the end of season four that uh, Pike is going to be begin living into his known future. Of, yeah. Of, yeah. That, that will be the end of his life, essentially. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see that. I think that Strange New Worlds will actually, um, at least for a couple seasons, show us the original season cast in their early is like just before it happens, learning each other mm, and figuring mm -hmm. out. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. But I kind of feel like they're the fact that we've met so many original series folks in two seasons. Yeah, I feel like they're really pushing that. I think they're they're wanting us to want it, and that that I, I think three seasons would be way too long to pay pay that off as much yeah. as they've done it at this point. Yeah, I like that. And I hope that Strange New Worlds continues for uh, quite a while. And I hope Me we too. keep Captain Pike around because uh, I, I think he might be my favorite captain. I'm I'm there for amazing. Captain Pike. I, yeah, he is amazing. Is Contour jawline, great hair. That right? hair, man. Like... That hair. My <laughs> God, that hair. 
It's fantastic. Uh, just yeah. like I'm yeah. idolizing him, just like Boimler, which we were right. warned is not a good thing to do. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> we ought to see people for who they are. And there's something theological yeah. about that. Hey, <laughs> as much as I want to sit here for the next, I don't know, uh, two hours and talk about this season, <laughs> uh, I guess we probably should close out today's episode and start looking towards next yeah. week. Uh, Mark, do you have any ideas about what we might watch oh, next week? I, I, I am certain of what we need to do that next week. Okay. So this weekend, Blue Beetle comes out. Oh. It's, 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 it's not really one of the best-known DC heroes, Yeah. but it's a really interesting hero. Uh, it comes from a Hispanic background. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a scarab thing that uh, he gets exposed to, and it kind of takes him over, and they have this symbiotic kind of host relationship. And particularly at first, he's not really into it and doesn't understand it. And so there's a lot of humor, but it's also like a coming of age story almost. And so I, I, I think this could be a really fun uh, show to, to cover in part because Gunn has been saying that this might be one of the first actual shows of the new DCU uh, because it kind of is... It's its its own little world, and we don't have any of the former stars showing up in it. So this should be fun, I think. And uh, it, it's a great character, and it's a much-needed character in a world where most superheroes are white. Uh, I completely agree. I'm super excited. I love the Blue Beetle. I love yeah. DC. And I love the actor who's playing him. Uh, you know, he's oh, been yeah. in Cobra Kai. And really good. Uh, I've enjoyed watching that. And so yeah. I'm there for it. I've got high hopes. I'm going to try not to set my hopes like <laughs> too high, high right. for this. You. you know, I want to go in. But I, I still think we're going to have a blast talking Absolutely. about it. Okay. Absolutely. So. Uh, We'll see you next week when we'll talk about the Blue Beetle on the Moonshine Jesus Show. (laughs) 